Welcome to today's edition of Draft Utopia. All right. Today on Draft Utopia, I'm keeping this show brief and to the point because I want to spend the majority of today's podcast discussing MLS Super Draft, but we'll talk Major League Baseball to open up the show. Two games took place last night. Giancarlo Stanton was the man. I mean, that Max Scherzer-Garrett Colt debut was very entertaining, to say the least. And Stanton hits a home run after Aaron Judge gets on base. Judge gets an RBI. Stanton brings in another RBI. And the combo of Stanton and Judge really delivered for the Yankees in this one. Both teams were able to avoid burning through their bullpens thanks to a lightning strike, which ended the game in the sixth inning with the Yankees ahead 4-1 to one, getting the win for the, the, the game. So one thing, the Yankees-Nationals was my preseason World Series pick. And one thing that benefits both of those franchises is neither team had to burn through their bullpen. And Clayton Kershaw had a back injury, which kept him out. So the Dodgers were able to tee off and win 8-1. to Because Johnny Cueto, Cueto actually, I don't know if Cueto was good or not. But Cueto was starting against a pitcher not named Kershaw. And he only gave up one run on five hits through four innings. I mean, honestly, I think Cueto could have gone a little bit longer in that game before being... Yeah, and I'm reading this right now. I'm reading what... Because I watched the game and the Dodgers just teed off at one point. I mean, Cueto... He busted out several different types of pitches. And he got a shiny pitch or whatever it is it's called, but was working. He pitched three scoreless innings on an Enrique Hernandez single, Kiki Hernandez, that scored Corey Seager. Yeah. And <coughs> Johnny Cueto only gave up four, five hits and one run through four innings. Honestly, I think the Do- I think the Giants pulled Cueto a little bit too early. But Kiki Hernandez should have been interviewed by ESPN instead of Mookie Betts. They really screwed that up. And the Dodgers were the better team. But this was a state the Giants had a chance to make a statement here. It's like Johnny Cueto gives up one run and he gets pulled. He has an ERA of 225, which is down from his ERA of 506 from last season. 
Cueto's ERA is up, and he looked good. Three strikeouts. He only gave up five hits in four innings. I think they could have kept him in for another inning or two, but with Cueto being 34 years old and him not having the stuff he used to have when he was on the Reds and the Royals, I can understand the Giants' decision to say, you know what, let's turn to our pen now because that was a game where the Dodgers were supposed to win that game, okay? I'm not trying to get into analysis here, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to keep talking about this game because Kiki Hernandez and Mookie Betts were the guys that stepped up, and this is the first game of the year. Hernandez had five RBIs, and the Dodgers won 8-1 to one in a fanless opener, whereas the Yankees won 4-1. to one. Also, there is a game on right now. It is the Braves and the Mets. It's on ESPN in the bottom of the fourth, and it's scoreless. So that's the only game on right now. It's the Braves-Mets game on ESPN. It's scoreless. I will provide live scoring updates of Braves-Mets throughout the podcast. Because the Dodgers whooped the Giants. And I want to get a look at the pitching matchups here. So Rucka has two strikeouts and three innings pitched. The Mets have DeGrom. He's been in for four innings, six strikeouts. So DeGrom has really stepped up as their number one starter. And DeGrom's one of the best in the game when he's healthy. So definitely some things to look forward to in that matchup. On that note, I am going to transition from MLB to um, Purdue. And then I'll get into the MLS Super Draft. Because we got a lot we're going to talk about in this show. And if there's any Braves-Mets runs... I will bring that stuff up on the podcast, and we'll go from there. But after this opening segment with Purdue for What the FBS, I am going to break down some content for the MLS Super Draft, and we'll have live runs throughout the game as well. But yeah, Purdue, the one best player is Rondale Moore. He is draft eligible for the 2021 NFL Draft. Last year, they had Bryce and Hopkins. The year before that, they had David Blow. So Purdue's had some playmakers on that offensive side of the ball. And Rondale Moore had a dominant freshman year. Didn't do as much as a sophomore, though, with only 29 receptions, 387 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. He got a lot more double teams and triple teams. But Purdue's going to go at Nebraska. They're going to go to Lincoln. Then they get the entire month of September off after that September 5th game because Ohio State's doing conference only this season. So they go from they go to Nebraska on September 5th, and then they get the entire month of September off until October 10th when they host Rutgers. Then they travel to Illinois. And honestly, I could see that if they can beat Nebraska in Lincoln, I could see Purdue starting 3-0. They get Michigan on the road on October 24th. And then they host Northwestern, who's got some good linebackers. But I think Purdue, Rondale Moore favors well in that game. They go to Minnesota on November 7th. And Minnesota's going to have a stout secondary. They should have a secondary. But Purdue does not face Ohio State. And two years ago, they handed Ohio State their only loss when Rondale Moore was a true freshman. So... I'm looking at this team. They went 4-8 last year. 
They beat Vanderbilt, they beat Maryland, they beat Nebraska, and they beat Northwestern. They only lost to Indiana by three points at home. They only lost to Minnesota by a touchdown back in September last year. So, I mean, and they got Malik Carr, the freshman receiver, to come in. Grant Hermans is back at left tackle. So, and Derek Barnes is their middle linebacker. They had Marcus Bailey last year. Now they have Derek Barnes. And Barnes led the team, was second on the team in tackles, but he led the team with seven and a half sacks. So this is not a bowl team by any stretch of the imagination, this Purdue Boilermakers team. They're projected to go 6-6, six and six, but 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. I see them winning their first three games. And I, But they, their schedule, at once they hit October 24th, their schedule is going to be hell. They're going to have to win half of their games against Michigan, Northwestern, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, or Indiana. I just don't think it's in the cards for Purdue. I think a 3-6 and six record is very likely, and I agree with the analysis here that Athlon Sports provided. So on that note, I am going to get into this year's 2020 MLS, 2021 MLS Super Draft. But before I do that, I'm going to break down the five rookies from the 2020 Super Draft that have already made the MLS and already seen playing time. Inter-Miami CF got two starters, Robbie Robinson and Dylan Nealis. Robinson went to Clemson, was the first pick. Dylan Nealis went to Georgetown, he was the third pick. So if they can continue to develop those guys, they're going to have a bright future in the league because I think Inter-Miami CF did a lot right in the offseason prior to the Super Draft. And then you look at Vancouver, they got Ryan Raposo, one of the players I interviewed, at four. And they started him in the MLS's back game to wrap up the tournament just to get a better feel for what they are what they can do. And Vancouver, I think they're in the knockout round. If they are, I'm going to keep watching them. Um, Henry Kessler was a junior for the Virginia Cavaliers. He went sixth overall. He was in that College Cup championship game between Virginia and Georgetown. And he's starting with the New England Revolution with Bruce Arena. And Arena coached those Maryland guys and turned them into all-stars. And now he's on the Revolution. So, And then you have Tanner Beeson. He's a backup on San Jose. But Tanner Beeson was a guy that was able to contain Robbie Robinson and shut him down. So you got five players. So basically all the Generation Adidas players besides Jack Bayer or in the MLS, and Tanner Beeson, who was our preseason pick to go number one overall in 2020. He's a backup on San Jose, but that's pretty good. So, spent 11 minutes talking about MLB, Purdue football, and the 2020 rookies. So, I'm going to spend the duration of this show discussing the 2021 MLS Super Draft. I'm working on a mock right now. It's going to be a one-round mock. It's going to feature 27 picks, one from each team. So I'm going to break that down after these messages. Welcome back to the podcast. And, yep, everybody's discussing the Battle Fantasy Football League draft. I did get the Niners defense, the defense I wanted. But then Mark took a kicker. And speaking of kickers, we are going to talk about the 2021 MLS Super Draft. Yeah. 
Harrison Butker's the kicker Mark drafted, but he's not draft eligible for the 2021 MLS Super Draft. So we're going to transition straight into this. I did complete the first three write-ups for the 2021 MLS Super Draft. Alright, I just finished my write-ups for my write-up for Nashville SC. So I'm gonna have write-ups for the first three picks. That's all I've typed, but I will break down all 27 picks in the first round. But there's only gonna be in-depth write-ups for the first three selections. Austin FC, Useni Buddha, forward Stanford, 5'10, 170 pound Useni Buddha is the perfect player for Austin FC to build their franchise around. 156 career goals at Millbrook High School in New York while setting school records for seven goals in a single game and 61 goals in a season. Two-time captain at Millbrook winning Gatorade Soccer Player of the Year in 2018 and USA Today Soccer Player of the Year in 2019. And Buddha enrolled in Stanford and had five goals, five assists, 15 points as a true freshman on a Stanford squad that made the College Cup en route to winning Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. Useni Buddha has the speed, kicking power, kicking accuracy, passing, playmaking, and ball skills to make defenders miss. He checks off all the boxes offensively, and he's a great defender, too. And I think Buddha's the best striker to enter the Super Draft since Kyle Lahren back in the 2015 Super Draft. Now, Kyle Lahren had three seasons of 10 goals or more, Connecticut, and just dominated all across the boards. And Buddha has those same traits on tape, even though the goals don't pop up. He has those same traits. And Buddha will be the top pick in the 2021 Super Draft if he gets a Generation Adidas offer, simply due to his leadership and how consistent he is on tape, even dating back to when he was the top recruit in the country coming out of high school. Austin FC already signed Rodney Reyes and is targeting Vincent Jansen. So you add the top player in the Super Draft, Buddha, to that duo, and you got three quality forwards that can score consistently and pose a threat to any backline or goalie in the MLS. Reyes and Buddha are both 20. Jansen's 26. So you're looking at a team that will be able to play effectively at striker for the next decade. You're looking at because if you hit on both of the strikers you sign that are 20 years old, you're looking at having one of the best striker tandems in MLS for at least until 2030. You need that if you're an expansion franchise. You need that. <laughs> you do. Your team's going to suck if you don't ha solidify that position. And... I think that's the route Austin FC should go. Number two, Inter-Miami CF, Edward Kiza, forward Pittsburgh. Both of Inter-Miami CF's draft picks, we talked about them in the previous segment, Robbie Robinson and Dylan Nealis. And they ran a 1-5-4 in the College Cup. One forward, five midfielders, four defenders. In two of their three MLS's back games. Want to 
Juana Gudelo is an effective striker when healthy. And you have him and Robbie Robinson. Those are the only strikers you have on your team. This David Beckham loaded up at midfield and defense. In the expansion draft and free agency prior to the 2020 MLS Super Draft, he loaded up at those positions. And he took a striker number one overall, which we predicted he would. We just predicted the wrong striker. I had Daryl Dyke of Virginia going first. Because I just like this film cut better than Robbie Robinson. But Robinson won the Herman Trophy. I don't think they saw the film cut we did of Robbie Robinson against Stanford. And you look at their back line. They have Dylan Nealis. I didn't think Nealis would make the jump to the MLS this quickly. But he starts a game at left back. They move Mikey Ambrose, a natural left back, over to right back. And you got Nicolas Figal from Argentina, who's starting five games with this team. And you got Roman Torres, you've got Grant Lillard for depth, you've got AJ De La Garza for depth. You have so much depth on this inner Miami CF team, it's not even funny. And just looking at the backups you got, you got Elvis Powell for depth. AJ De La Garza, Ben Sweat, Grant Lillard. They have starters and backups at center back. They have four quality starters and four quality backups on that back line. So as long as they are continue, they continue to rest these guys and stay healthy, Inter-Miami CF is going to have the back line to go the distance. They're going to have a very good team on paper. And they've got, they loaded up at midfield and defense. And they've got veteran players at midfield that they can bring in guys like Jay Chapman, lead and win. They can bring those guys in off the benches, defensive midfielders, are Luis Argudo, so, realistically, and they did bring in Breck Shea as like a reserve or something, Diego Alonso's got a lot of players to work with. I don't know if Alonso's a very good coach because you're 0-5 now. And only team, there's only two teams in the MLS with zero points. And Miami CF is one of those teams. Now, you get those players... Torres and Ambrose are MLS Cup champions. So even though this team has zero points, you get a player like Kiza, and you can turn this team around. And you don't even have to take Kiza at number two. Kiza, I just think, is the second best player in the country at this point. But you can make a strong argument for Philip Mayaka. He did win ACC Freshman of the Year, and he was the number two high school recruit behind, um, behind Oseni Buddha. Buda, Kiza, and Mayaka are definitely guys that I think are MLS ready in this draft. I think all three, those three players, those three individuals, can make that immediate jump. And in the rest of this draft class, who knows what's going to happen with the rest of this draft class. But I think the top five picks, there is talent at top of this draft that can help teams. I think it's a deep draft. I'd say there's maybe 16 players that may have been better than Robbie Robinson. So I think it's a great year to load up on talent in the first round. And MLS, you usually see these guys stash these players in their USL teams. They don't really, because the teams have great academies, and they can go out and sign players overseas. Nashville SC, Philip Mayaka out of Clemson, and you look at this team, And Nashville 
you give... But P- Kiza just did so much at Pitt. I mean, he beat West Virginia and Penn State as a true freshman, led the ACC with 15 goals as a sophomore, 12 goals for assists, 28 points, 60 shots, and a 500 shots on goal percentage. And Virginia was unbeaten, and he took a team like Pittsburgh. After being a top 50 recruit at Monteverde Academy, he took Pittsburgh into um, Virginia, and they beat the Cavaliers. And he just has everything on tape. Speed, kicking power, kicking accuracy, passing, you want a striker to have. He's an offensive dynamo, but you'd like to see him do more defensively. Despite that, the leadership traits are there. And Kiza showed assertiveness on and off the field. Just a remarkable student athlete. Carries himself a lot of integrity. And Kiza gives this team that third forward that complements Agudelo and Robbie Robinson. So... That's why I went that route, but I think you could make a case for the next player at number two as well, who I have going third overall. Nashville SC, I gave him Philip Mayaka, the Clemson midfielder. And his height and weight is unlisted, but he picked up where Edward Kiza left off at Montverde Academy after being born in Ghana. And what I can tell you is that Mayaka was the second best freshman recruit in high school behind Oseni Buda for the class of 2019. Mayaka was also one of two freshmen to be invited to the college showcase after having two goals, eight assists, and 12 points as a true freshman in route to winning ACC Freshman of the Year. And it wouldn't surprise me if Mayaka ended up jumping Buddha and Kiza and ended up being the first pick. But I think when you look at the preseason players, because initially my top two players on my board for 2021 were Mayaka and Buddha. That, but then... I read, uh, I looked at Travis Clark's uh, Top Draw Soccer 2021 prospects to watch, and I noticed there's a photo of Edward Kiza without even having to subscribe to the thing, which if you want more in-depth soccer content, go to Top Draw Soccer and subscribe. It's only $2 a month, less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. So, if you're looking for a player that just does everything on tape, Offensively, you want Edward Kiza. Now, I'd like to see Kiza do more defensively, but he can play, he can do anything you want on offense. And Mayaka has that soccer IQ to play both effectively both on offense and on defense. He can play aggressive too. He led Clemson with eight yellow cards, but had zero red cards. And he can play a little bit reckless at times, but he also plays smart and he's a very decisive midfielder. So you can use him as an attacking midfielder or a defensive midfielder. So you give Abu Dinladi a playmaker of Philip Mayaka's caliber, and that'll open things up. You're also going to have 350000 to spend on free agents in both 2021 and 2022 before the new stadium opens in 2022. So those are the first three write-ups in-depth on DraftUtopia.com. It's 2021 MLS mock draft, and I will make sure that mock draft is on the homepage. But before I do that, Let's go through picks 4 through 27 because I haven't even posted the write-ups to those picks yet. And i got to finish the mock before tomorrow night's games in the knockout round. LA Galaxy, Ethan Bartlow, defender of Washington. At the end of the 2019 season, the Galaxy released Tomas hilliard Ars. Their back line looked awful against LAFC. They gave up five goals to LAFC in the playoffs. They gave up six in the MLS's back tournament. And they cut Tomas hilliard Ars. So Ethan Bartlow, he won Pac-12 Defender of the Year as a sophomore, something Hilliard-Ars didn't do, and he's just a dominant two-way player. He can play effectively on offense, and Hilliard-Ars can do the same thing too He in the USL. But, like, Bartlow stated he wanted to play pro. 
wants to make the MLS, and Bartlow's just 6'1", 170. He's an ideal player for the LA Galaxy to build around, and he gives you that backline stud defender like A.J. De La Garza. All the Galaxy have to do is find another De La Garza in the Super Draft, and then maybe get another free agent, and they're set. Houston Dynamo, Carlo Ritak. Because the Galaxy did get the number one recruit in high school soccer on an academy deal for this season. So the Galaxy are going to make a comeback at some point. But the Dynamo get Carlo Rattacchio. He's another guy who went to the MLS College Showcase along with Philip Mayaka as a true sophomore. He also won National Freshman of the Year as a true freshman two years ago. And he was at the MLS College Showcase. And he's a center back for the Akron Zips. So Carlo Rattacchio... I is my fourth generation Adidas player in this entire mock, and I have him going in the top five. So I have four of my top five generation Adidas players in that top five. And he gives the Dynamo an extra center back. I think they could probably put him on the outside as well. New York City SC, Rio Hope Gund, defenseman Georgetown. He did miss some games with some injuries, but... New York City FC has needed defense for years, and they've neglected that in both the Super Draft and free agency. And they just rely on their offense and midfield to win games. And that is not a recipe for success. It may have worked the first few years when they had Jack Harrison, when they had all these veterans on their roster, but that's not going to work now in 2020. Teams who've watched their tape, who've seen their guys score goals and dominate statistically in 2019 know how to game plan around this team. If you have a back line, you have goaltending, you have the right coach, you can game plan around them. And I think New York City FC's offense has been exposed to a degree as well as they've constantly neglected defense through the Super Draft. They've built their entire roster around their offense. And Rio Hope gunned out of Georgetown. He kept Edward Keys in check. He's a top 10 pick if he's healthy in this Super Draft. Chicago Fire, Justin Malou. Clemson. Now, when Brandon Vincent retired in 2018, the Chicago Fire have had a huge void at left back for the last two years. But you could fix that for good by getting Clemson left back Justin Malou, he's 5'10", 170, with that number seven pick. And he's a senior, so Justin Malou, I think, is a great addition for the Fire. FC Dallas, their goalie got suspended for domestic violence accusations. And to get a college shuttler, the top senior goalie in this draft at number eight would be huge for FC Dallas because they've drafted well the last three years. They drafted well in 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020. They've drafted well in the Super Draft for the last four years, but the wins aren't showing. They are still losing games. So FC Dallas, they'll get shuttler, the goalie for Virginia. DC United, I gave them Kimarney Smith because Kimarney Smith started the entire season. Okay, Robbie Robinson missed the 2018 season with some injuries. He missed the opener for... He didn't start the season opener against South Carolina for Clemson. And Kamari Smith is just a more consistent starter, in my opinion, at Clemson than Robbie Robinson is. So for DC United to be able to get Robbie Robinson... Kamari Smith's the striker teammate of Robbie Robinson at number 9, that's a huge steal for DC United as they get a player they can build their franchise around. And number 10, Real Salt Lake gets Anthony Smith... Midfielder Syracuse, my final generation Adidas player in this mock at number 10. Syracuse, I've interviewed four Syracuse players in the last three Super Drafts. I interviewed two of those guys in 
Tajon Buchanan and um, Kamal Miller in 2019, Mo Adams in 2018, and Ryan Raposo in 2020. So, I mean, Syracuse has a very good soccer program. There is a reason I put Anthony Smith on these rankings. New England Revolution at number 11, Milan Iloski, the forward for UCLA. And Milan Iloski is a guy that I felt like got snubbed of a generation Adidas offer last year. He dominated at UCLA, and he is definitely a top 25 player in college soccer this year. And for New England to get him as a replacement to Kelly and Rowe, that's a great addition. FC Cincinnati gets a striker to compliment Frankie Amaya and Derek Dotson out of Georgetown. And I know FC Cincinnati's happy that they're playing in the knockout round, but it's like they have one good player in Frankie Amaya, and the rest of their team needs to be upgraded. It's like they have one good player, and they're in the knockout round because they won. They beat the Red Bulls. They beat Atlanta. I mean, they beat some good teams. And they've got a chance to improve their draft positioning. The Whitecaps get Josh Bauer to the center back from New Hampshire at 13. Atlanta United, F and Bauer's a top 10 center back in this draft. He's a top 5 center back in this draft. And while he's not, he's somebody that's getting preseason top 10 consideration. There were mocks that had him in the top 10 before he chose to return to school. And a lot of people think he's going to go in the top 10 of this draft. But when I watch Ritakio, when I watch Bartlow, Ritakio, those guys headline this class. And Hope Gund did well against Kiza. He's a senior now. And he's going to have to step up to the plate and lead. With Dylan Nealis gone, Hope Gund is going to have to be the leader. And last year, Georgetown had that center back outside back. They had Yarrow and Rosenberry on that 2016 Georgetown team. And now you got Hope Gund and Nealis. And now Hope Gund's going to be the leader of that back line. So... That's definitely going to be something to watch. But Josh Bauer out of New Hampshire is a player to keep an eye on. Yoni Sorokin, midfielder, Central Florida, goes to Atlanta United FC. They had some injuries at midfield. They lost Julian Gressel um, from Providence. So they get Gressel's replacement here. Colorado Rapids, they get Alex Welch out of Northern Illinois. And Welch is a guy who had two goals and two assists in Morgantown against West Virginia. And he plays for Northern Illinois. Okay, when you go into Morgantown and you beat West Virginia and you're a middle-pack school, like you're not a Power 5 school in college football, but you're a middle-of-the-pack F Division One team like Northern Illinois, that's impressive, Okay. Like, that's going to grab people's attention. Because West Virginia, you think of West Virginia, and you think of their school, you think of their tradition, you don't see them as a team that loses to Northern Illinois at home. It's like if this were a road game, and they go out on the road to Northern Illinois and lost, that'd be understandable. But the game's in Morgantown. It is in your backyard. And you lost to Northern Illinois. That reflects very poorly on West Virginia's athletic department. It does, okay? Let's not act like that doesn't reflect poorly on their athletic department. But Alex Welch is just that good. He might be the first first-round draft pick in the history of Northern Illinois. New York Red Bulls, they get Andrew Thomas, the goalie out of Stanford, at 16. 
and he he made some saves in the penalty kick shootout against Clemson last year that really stood out. Amim Akiba, the center back for Kentucky, goes to Montreal Impact at 17. San Jose Earthquakes can ignore need and take the best player on the board. They have been reloading like crazy in the last few MLS Super Drafts, even dating back to 2015. This team's just consistently reloaded. The only starter they got in the first round was Jackson UL, but Tanner Beeson is a, already a backup. No USL time needed. And the Seattle Sounders, they're a team that I felt like should have gotten a defensive center back in the Super Draft to replace Roman Torres. They get Brandon Hackenberg, the younger brother of Christian Hackenberg, to replace Roman Torres. He's going to be, yeah, to have that kind of pressure on Hackenberg. I'm not sure if Brandon's going to rise to that pressure in the MLS. You're going to uh, the 2019 MLS Cup champions to replace a legend in Roman Torres. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Christian Hackenberg couldn't handle that pressure in New York, so we'll see what Brandon does. But Spencer Glass, the Indiana midfielder, goes to Orlando City SC with the Union's first-round pick. Tituan de Lamec, defenseman Florida Gulf Coast. He's a fullback on Florida Gulf Coast, and he can be a great passer. LAFC gets David Egbo, the Akron forward, because Bradley Wright Phillips is getting up there in age. And Vela is injured, so I'm basically drafting for youth and getting Egbo. Portland Timbers, Alex Castang, he's a center back slash defensive midfielder on Cal State. Fullerton, great addition for them. Toronto FC, Jonas Fagelberg out of Dayton. He ends up going to Toronto as a midfielder for depth. Minnesota United FC, Jamil Roberts, midfielder from Marshall. Vancouver Whitecaps have sporting Kansas City's first-round pick, so they get Marco Gonzalez from UNLV. And then Columbus Crew SC, they get Ben DeRosa. He was a right-back. Because Columbus, I feel like they could use a right-back upgrade. And Ben DeRosa played right-back on that Maryland team that won the 2018 College Cup. And then he came back as a starter, and now he's going to be a three-year starter at right-back. And that's gonna that's definitely gonna intrigue Caleb Porter at that point if Columbus does go on to win 2020's MLS Cup, assuming we even have a 2020 MLS Cup, because we're gonna have this MLS back tournament, and once that's over on August 11th, I think the regular season's gonna resume as scheduled, and they're gonna get back to the default regular season schedule, and then they'll transition into the playoffs. Best record, and if they don't transition in the playoffs, that's all right. MLS did their best, and it's going to be a fun, exciting tournament. I'd love to continue podcasting, but I have a lot of write-ups to do for my 2021 MLS mock, and there's a Mets-Braves game on ESPN, so I'm going to be watching that. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's edition of Draft Utopia. We will be back on Talk Shoe tomorrow morning to, talk, to preview the NHL and the NBA with before the MLB quadruple header of games. We've got NFL. We'll preview the Big 12 Conference. No, wait. We already previewed Big 12. We'll preview the ACC Conference in college football tomorrow on TalkShoe. So it's going to be ACC, Big 12, NHL, and NBA preview all packed into one big podcast tomorrow. And then we'll talk, we'll break down some MLB games that are set to air on Fox, the Fox quadruple header. 
So a lot to break down on tomorrow's edition of Draft Utopia on TalkShoe. You're not going to want to miss it. My name is Chris Ransom. I'm the founder of Draft Utopia, and I'm signing off.